0: From VinePair's New York City headquarters, I'm Adam Teeter, and this is a Next Round Conversation. Today, we are talking with John Kreidler of Tattersall Distilling. John, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thanks for the time. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, totally. So uh, before we jump into everything, what's Tattersall Distilling?
1: Uh, We're a craft distillery located in Minneapolis, and uh, we're in the process of building a second facility in Wisconsin right now, but uh, just focused on very authentic uh, products. We have a massive portfolio, and a uh, really amazing cocktail room and uh, yeah, we've been up and running for about six years now.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about that. I mean, in only six years, I think you have what, 30 products? We have a lot. Why? <laughs> Are you crazy?
1: It, we're slightly crazy, but it's it's really driven by the laws in Minnesota. Uh, okay. The way, the way it works here, if you have a cocktail room, you can only serve what you produce. And so, Interesting. When we originally built the business, we wanted to have a, a cocktail room or a bar that could compete with any bar you know, in, in the city, in the state, in the country. And so uh, that led us, you know, as, as we wanted different drinks, it led us to create different products. And as we rolled those out internally, um, you know, our distributor and other people would ask for us to start distributing them. And and we have a hard time saying no. So we have a yeah. massive portfolio.
0: So what, I mean, so basically you're in Minneapolis, obviously. Um, basically you would make like a vodka just so you can make vodka drinks or a gin just so you can make gin drinks. Did you – Do you have one distiller who works for you guys? Like, how does that work? Like, Do they have to learn how to make every different spirit? Uh,
1: Before we launched, Dan and myself, Dan's my my, uh, partner in this business, and we've been friends since second grade. I mean, we spent nine months working on the gin uh, before we even, you know, opened up. Um, And so the same with a lot of the other liqueurs, especially. And um, we spent many, many months perfecting them. And then once we got the big equipment, um, kind of ramping them up to larger scale. Uh, and okay. from there it was, you know, just adding, adding stuff kind of constantly.
0: Were you guys trained in distilling? Like how did you learn how to do, to, to make spirits?
1: Uh, I went to the Michigan state distilling school and Dan went to another okay. school and then, you know, we bought equipment and, you know, we, we may or may not have been doing it out of our basement for a while.
0: Yeah. Illegal, but it's fine.
1: We, we won't admit to it, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. And so what was the first spirit you guys made? Gin. Gin. Okay. And so did you, were you aware that you were going to need to make every single thing that you wanted to serve in your cocktail room when you were starting the business? Like, I'm curious how the business plan was created. Were you guys like, we want to create a distillery and a cocktail room at the same time? Was it we want to create a distillery? And then the cocktail room came because like, you can't have a distillery without a cocktail room. What went through your sort of, uh, you know, decision-making process and conceptualization process when you were creating the business six years ago?
1: Yeah, at the time, a cocktail room wasn't legal in Minnesota, but we could see that it was going to be passed and going to happen. And, Mm -hmm. you know, our business plan, I think we were one of the first in the country that really put so much emphasis on the cocktail room. Um, My business partner, Dan, is one of the more well-known bartenders in the Midwest. And he previously had a a bitters company and a soft drink company. He's, He's really fantastic with flavors. Um, and so that's, we really wanted that to be the focal point, kind of the, the way that we reached our our customers to start. Um, so that was a big deal, but you know, we, we probably had 12 different spirits that we were working on before we opened. Uh, but then, you know, as, as we opened and tried different things, we just kept innovating and expanding and experimenting.
0: So when you created the business, who was the, who did you think the market would be? Was it going to just be sort of the Minneapolis area where you had you always considered that this would expand to 30 States now that you're distributed in like what, what was your plan? um, Yeah, that,
1: that was the plan. And we were looking, there wasn't, you know, there were other people doing vodkas and gins, you know, you know, there's thousands of them now. Um, and there were people doing whiskeys, but there wasn't really anybody that was so focused on, um, more of the esoteric stuff like the Amari and the liqueurs and, you know, some of the weird stuff that really can, can set your brand apart.
0: Hmm. So that was, was that sort of the thing you thought, okay, this is how we'll get known is really for the, the liqueurs more than the spirits.
1: Well, we thought the gin would blow up and we'd be world famous in a matter of <sighs> weeks. And no, but no, it was the, the liqueurs just differentiated it. You know, you go into a, to a bar and you have those in your pocket. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. has a gin. And so, I mean, we think our gin's the best in the world, but so does everybody. Right. And so, and you know, bartenders have tasted hundreds of gins. They don't really care to taste yours. Uh, For the most part.
0: But does the gin do well sort of in your region just because it is a regional product? Like I feel like in New York, right, I see tons of Brooklyn gins and stuff like that just because we're in New York.
1: It it does extremely well. And it does well in other markets, too. But, you know, it's, you know, other markets, it's not quite as special just Mm -hmm. because you're competing against every market has their own local gins.
0: So is there one thing though out of all these 30 that you make, you kind of want to become known for, or is it just becoming like, I guess my question is, is the goal to become known as a whole is just this, this distillery that makes tons of different products all really well, or would you like to ultimately, you know, be known for your whiskey or for your liqueurs?
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the whiskey has been the thing we've been working on for, you know, six years now, and it, mm-hmm. it hasn't been until the last couple of years where it's gotten to a point where it's matured that we are comfortable with releasing it. Okay. You know, this last fall, we released our first bourbons. They're bottled in bond bourbons, uh, four plus years, and we're we're super proud of them. Um, mm-hmm. our, our straight rye whiskey is our, our biggest seller in the in the age spirit side, and that's uh, okay. done amazingly well, too. But, you know, those just take a little more time, a little more uh, capital to really build that business up.
0: So in terms of like the, the amount, how many, can you give an idea of how many bottles you're actually producing a year of all this liquid?
1: Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, if, if it wasn't for the pandemic, that slowed us down a little bit, but, um, you know, we're looking at about 40,000, you know, about 40,000 cases.
0: Wow. That's a lot. And is you're saying you're in all 30 States, um, besides the Midwest, are there any other sort of regions that are really big for you guys?
1: Georgia does really well for us. So does Tennessee. Um, and, uh, Illinois does too.
0: Why do you think that is?
1: Uh, I mean, part of it really, from a business standpoint, is we have sales reps in those states. We've we've put them there. Uh, we got good traction to start. We have a, we have really good partners in those states, um, and having representation on the ground uh, is just a big makes a big difference.
0: Interesting. So, one of the things I want to talk to you about the that I was the most curious to sort of get into because I was impressed by it when it was sent to me is your you basically pre batch cocktails. Yes. So right now you guys have five of them, correct?
1: Yeah. That's,
0: uh, at least on the site you have five.
1: Yeah. I think we have another six one that will be launching pretty soon. Wow.
0: So what goes into creating those? And, you know, cause I think that there's so many of them that aren't done well. And at least the, the ones of yours that I've had, I think are really great. Obviously you have a, a you know, a, a business partner who's a world-class bartender helping to come up, you know, make sure that they're the best they can be. But how have you sort of gone about creating these men, this Manhattan or the bootlegger, et cetera. And, um, how are you trying to stand out in a space that I think is all of a sudden getting pretty crowded, but you, you seem to be there earlier than others have been.
1: Yeah. I mean, it really started with the the bootlegger was it's, it's a ready to drink, but it's a two-step drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was aimed at higher, higher volume bars and restaurants. Um, where mm. it's essentially it's a, it's a vodka mojito. It's a, the one cocktail that Minnesota claims is their own, um, lemon, lime, mint, vodka, and it was just meant pour that with soda water, super quick drink that you can push out to the masses. Interesting. What we found was that it really took off in retail and for off sale. And the consumers were the ones who were, who were driving the volumes on that one. And so um, in the fall, as we, we launched our old fashioned, and that was, well, let's just have one that's completely ready to go. And that right. was modeled off of our, our most popular drink in the cocktail room. I mean, and it's it's probably the most popular cocktail in in the country, um yeah, besides
0: we, the margarita, for sure, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and so and it's you know it we we built it off of that build. The amazing thing is it's how it's not as sweet, I mean, the one thing is people that like oh, it's really sweet, um and it's significantly sweeter than what we pour in the cocktail room, but that's mm-hmm. what i you know, I don't think people like to admit they like sweet drinks, but you know that's, oh no, they, that's they do. A, it, that's a simple syrup and that's that's what it is and so we have our own special blends and you know the years of building all these different spirits and creating them we've we've really figured out how these botanicals and spices work together
0: very cool and then so then was the manhattan next or
1: then we did a salty dog which is similar to the bootlegger and then the the following fall we did the manhattan
0: yeah the manhattan's great that's the one that i've had that i, I thought was really delicious and now you just put out a cosmo correct
1: yeah Correct. Yeah. The Manhattan so, is my favorite. It's a little bit drier
0: and it's, it's wonderful. So, I mean, we have a theory of vine pair that like the Cosmo is making a comeback and we think it's going to come back in a pretty big way. Why did you choose to do a Cosmo? Cause when I, when we talk to some larger vodka brands, they're like, really, do you really think so? But we're, I mean, we're seeing it pop up at, you know, craft cocktail bars all over the country. So I'm curious if, you know, what caused that decision on your end in terms of, you know, why you would do a Cosmo?
1: We, we had one in the cocktail room here. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think when we first discussed it, you know, there was a few people in the room who poo-pooed it and said, it's never going to work. And, you know, Dan was like, no, we're going to, we're going to have a Cosmo and it'll be the best Cosmo anybody's ever had. And it was incredibly popular. I mean, it's a, it's a very easy drink. It's a simple drink uh, for people to consume and um, you know, and it's a recognizable drink is the other piece. Yeah.
0: yeah. So you think that let like, sort of that, that, sort of backlash i don't want to say backlash but uh you know reputation it had, had sort of coming out of the sex in the city moments kind of faded and people are coming back to it
1: yeah i think so i i do ours is a ours is a clear cosmo it's cosmo bianco so it doesn't have that pink color to it which i you know the that's kind of the part of what makes a cosmo iconic but it also i think what we found is that scares uh a certain part of the population away too. yeah
0: that's interesting. I was just about to ask you why Bianco, but that makes a lot of sense. So obviously, you guys have grown a lot in six years, and now you've opened a new distillery in Wisconsin. Correct?
1: We're in the process. It's uh, under construction right now.
0: And what has been? What was the decision to do that? Was it just? Was it in terms of to be able to hit larger volumes? Did you see a huge market in Wisconsin? Why? Why a second distillery? And why there?
1: Unfortunately, it was because of uh, the existing laws in the state of Minnesota. And um, to be considered a a micro distillery to to have a cocktail room, there's a production cap. And we you know, we worked on it for about three or four years lobbying and trying to get that raised. And it just wasn't happening. We weren't gaining any traction. And, uh, you know, the the legislators in the state right now have a lot of bigger issues to deal with. And we Mm -hmm. just didn't think it was going to happen. And so that forced us, if we want to keep growing, that we'd have to look uh, to expand it in another state. And uh, Dan and I both have ties to Wisconsin. I mean, it's, it's the new facility is 35 minutes away and it's, it's in a pretty amazing little town. So we're, we're
0: we're very excited. Oh, so you're really just like, I mean, basically across the border.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's really interesting. I didn't realize when I was looking, I never stupidly, I didn't look at a map before I asked you the question. So (laughs) I probably should have. That's all right. So is this also just so you can grow and expand across the country?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So in terms of what you're doing, right, I'm curious about why you went sort of with a branded house instead of a house of brands. You're doing so many different liquids and so many different cocktails. Is there a reason you put them all under the Tattersall name? Had you had you guys talked about that when you started saying, we're going to do all these different spirits?
1: We did. That That was absolutely intentional, and it was – to we thought that would allow us to grow the brand quicker mm-hmm. instead of having 20 different brands that we were each trying to grow. Um, I think our brand is pretty recognizable and you see it, you know, you see it behind a bar and it's oh, that's yeah. tall. like, you don't know, you might not know what spirit it is, but you know, oh, that's going to be a good quality spirit. And that's, I recognize them and it's, it's a way to, to expand our reach.
0: Interesting. So what do you see as the future for the company? I mean, it's only six years in you know, is this something you want to build into a massive national brand? Would you would you ever entertain offers from larger spirits companies who might be interested? What are your and Dan's goals?
1: I mean, growth is what gets us excited. Growth and innovation. Mm-hmm. You know, with a new facility, it's going to allow us to do a lot more things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the brown spirits, especially as we continue to build those out, it's been a lot of fun. But we've been exploring canned cocktails for a couple of years. We actually had a couple ready to roll right before the pandemic and we, we pulled back and uh, now with just the the difficulties in getting aluminum that continues to be on hold for us. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we've, you know, we've always looked at that possibility. I mean, it's, there aren't that many brands in the, in the country that get to a certain size without getting acquired. I mean, that's just kind of the natural progression of this industry for us, we've talked about it. We've been approached a few times now uh, and it hasn't been the right fit or it hasn't quite felt right. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot of value in that, in being able to leverage somebody else's, you know, existing logistics and distribution and, and their knowledge. Um, You know, there's, it's, it's a different game. You know, it's a certain game growing from a startup to a established company and, you know, to break through to that national level. It's, it's a, it's a different game.
0: So, for people who are listening who are saying wow 6 years feels really short for them to already be you know 40,000 cases what do you think is your you know the reason for the success and so quickly how how do you how did you go from 6 years ago having you know the business just starting to being recognizable in 30 states what do you attribute to that success
1: uh i mean you know we we work really hard i think we, I think we've done a really good job of listening to the consumer and, mm-hmm. and figuring out what the consumer wants and, and kind of staying ahead of uh, trends or, or at least with them, um, you know, and, and really taking what's taking what the consumer is asking for, instead of trying to jam something down their throat. You know, right. I mean, I, I think that's the, the biggest, the biggest deal. And we've hired great people to to help us out and build it and, and help spread the word.
0: So when you're coming up with, the, the types of cocktails you want to make for the cocktail program, for the, you know, the liqueurs you're doing, et cetera. How much are you, obviously it sounds like a lot, but how much are you looking at data and things like that in order to inform what you do?
1: Yeah. I mean, we absolutely look at data. I mean, that was part of the Cosmo. I mean, if you look, you know, six months ago at the, the top RTDs in the country and um, yeah, I mean, it was basically White Claw, but then it was also the On the Rocks Cosmo you know, it just kind of validated what we were thinking. It's like, huh, this this is doing really well. And so, you know, I think if, you know, we, we invest a lot of money in, in data and, and getting that information and, mm-hmm. and getting professional help to help us make decisions. But, you know, if it's there, I think you're you're foolish not to at least take it into your analysis.
0: Right. So when you, before you started the business, what was your background?
1: Uh, finance guy. So I right. worked for, for, for banks and hedge funds and Needed a change. <laughs> well, I that, mean that I got.
0: <laughs> I, I I have to tell you the the products you guys are making are are very high quality, really delicious. I've been very impressed with the stuff that you sent. So as the rest of the Vinepair staff, so thank you. You know, keep doing it. And the the growth in six years is really impressive. Um, there's there's very few brands that have gone to forty thousand cases in only six years. So you guys should be really really um, proud of that. If someone was thinking about starting a brand now in 2021, post COVID or something in the spirits business, what would one piece of advice be that you would give to them?
1: Just make sure you're unique, you know, do your research, make sure that it's, it's something unique that the market actually wants or is craving or is lacking and, you know, go all after it. And you you really got to believe in yourself because you're going to have a lot of people who tell you that it's a. That's a terrible idea. I tell you a you know, thousand reasons why you shouldn't do it. But um, as long as you believe in your, in, in what you're doing and, and you're enjoying it, you know, go after it.
0: Awesome. Well, John, one last question. If people want to find Tattersall, obviously in 30 states they can. But also can they get it on your website?
1: You can get it on the website. We have a finder and that will show you where you can find it locally. Um, and then there's also some links to where you can buy it. We, you know, certain States we can ship into and certain we can't, and it's, it's not direct from us, but it's, uh, through our partners. Um, but yeah, our website's the best spot, tattersalldistilling.com.
0: Awesome. Well, John, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, congrats on all the success. And, uh, we hope to check in with you sometime down the road to hear what else is new.
1: Awesome. Really appreciate it, Adam. Appreciate the work you do on the podcast.
0: They're great.